A moment of otherworldliness, a deep sense of foreboding, strange marks appearing on your body. Could these simply be innocent moments without meaning? Or the signs of an alien abduction? Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore the strange and unusual. Really? We're just two idiots poking stuff we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, is sleep paralysis linked to UFO abductions? Should hypnosis be considered a legitimate source of information? And why are aliens so bad at keeping secrets? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. I hope this episode doesn't alienate some of our listeners. (laughs) You're relentless, Erica. (laughs) I'll admit that's one of the worst ones we've had. Um, so today's episode is finally about aliens, which is, is very exciting. Big, big passion project of mine topic. I I feel like we've been waiting a little while to do an episode on this. I feel like you mentioned a supernatural podcast and aliens is one of the first things you think about. I've got an alien tattoo. We've referenced them a few times already. So we're finally here, but the topic is so vast and broad that we thought we have to start really, really small, which is specifically abductions. And I guess you could see this as a kind of analysis of how to tell if you've been abducted by aliens or what you might expect from being abducted. We're here to help, really. Really, which is, I think, every episode you can kind of take that that metric out we're here to help you um (laughs) because I think what we're going to do is walk you through the steps of what you can expect combined with a few stories that we've come across a few true UFO stories or true as in um the people who who've witnessed and experienced them certainly claim that they're true and we're going to begin at the very beginning which is kind of the start of the UFO, the modern popular story of abduction of aliens, which interestingly enough kind of really began in the 1950s or 60s. Um, A lot of people will be familiar with this first case. It's kind of like the staple of alien abductions. Um, There was actually sort of the first publicized case sometimes credited to this one man in Brazil in 1957, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a lot less covered and I guess – classic as as the first story that you're gonna tell us yes this first story is from 1961 in new hampshire and it was a couple by the name of betty and barney hills which is an excellent name i must say um driving through winding roads back to their house it's always on like a long windy road which is a staple we'll get into kind of the the classics and and long isolated roads do tend to be an area of heightened activity absolutely they saw a bright object and they started to feel very woozy and suddenly uh two hours had gone by and they were all disheveled and felt like they had been examined and there was a lot of confusion and uh i think barney got quite ill as well afterwards it wasn't until years later that they sought out help and they got some hypnosis. And from this hypnosis, they remembered that they were taken into this spaceship and examined, had their teeth examined, their bodies, had needles stuck into them, alien needles. I don't know what that's made of. Had a conversation with the aliens and 
Apparently Betty asked one of the aliens where they'd been in the universe and the alien joked with her. Apparently aliens can joke with you. Sense of humour. FYI, if you get abducted, aliens can joke with you. So, you know, do a comedy show. That actually makes me comforted. I like that idea. Well, uh, the alien said, if you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Which, okay, less of a joke and maybe kind of a dick alien. <laughs> like this person's just been abducted by you and is obviously confused and frightened. I don't think now's the time for like sass. No. Especially sass that you have to think about because no. that's a confusing sentence. No. Under hypnosis, she drew a star map that was shown to her on the ship. Where is this star map? <sighs> I would love to know where this star map is but anyway this story became huge yeah it was enormous. kind of it was one of the first publicized i mean cases. if you've looked into you at ufos you've certainly heard of, of the the hill case betty and barney hill um because i guess it was that first mass media portrayal of alien abductions and mm. for the most part it had all the staples of you what you might expect from an alien abduction an interesting fact here is that there was a made-for-TV movie based on these people. In the two years after it aired, reports of alien abductions, previously a thing that wasn't really recorded, they went up by 2,500%. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a percentage? I don't really know. I feel like we might just have to stop the episode here. I feel like that kind of answers all the questions. I have about alien abductions. That's pretty damning. Um, Is it? Or? Yeah, because if people weren't getting abducted before and then everyone watched a movie about an alien abduction and then suddenly everyone's having those experiences, doesn't that kind of imply that everyone is just sort of very heavily influenced by? But we did an episode on the Worldwide Hum and that only came about yeah, but there wasn't a made-for-TV movie about the worldwide <laughs> home which boosted reports. It is, look, it is strange that reports of alien abductions kind of only hit off in the 50s. Mm. Uh, but, okay, let's let's just take it back a step. Yeah. If you were going to get abducted, it might not necessarily be out of the blue. Mm. There are some warning signs, and all the information I'm going to give you about how to tell if you've been abducted or will be abducted come from this man named Thomas Bullard, who composed um, over 300 different sort of abduction experiences and basically made a, a, a list of common denominators amongst those abduction stories. So we're talking pre-abduction um, there could be some warning signs. One of them is that you, you might feel a compulsion to be at a certain place at a certain time, hmm. um, which people often say will lead them to the location of the abduction, maybe somewhere they've never been before, somewhere they have no reason to be at odd hours, um, and they just kind of feel this ov- overwhelming urge to, to be at that place. Another symbol is a feeling of dread or anxiety, um, which, uh, like, is that not just everybody? I, I feel like that's maybe in the 60s it was less common. But I, I Man, just. If every time I felt anxiety, I thought. You were about to be abducted. I was yeah. about to be abducted. That would be a lot of abductions. I just feel, yeah, I just feel like I'd spend my whole life on that alien ship. There'd be no point in them dropping me back to Earth. Because <laughs> it's just too much at that point. Um, as you said, as with the sort of Hill case isolated roads and you see this a lot specifically in north america these long stretches of land with no houses no witnesses 
tend to be a, a hotspot of abduction, um, especially in kind of that that sort of Midwest desert. You're looking at Nevada sort of states. What is what is it about the long and windy roads and the crops? Why don't you ever hear of abductions happening in a library or a movie well, theater? Well, I've got, as a skeptic, and, and when it comes to aliens, ugh, I am skeptical of abductions. I do mm. believe there's certainly life out there, just statistically it's got to be the case. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that they're popping down to earth and sucking people up. Um, My number one thing is there's no witnesses. So it's really hard to collaborate stories. If someone says I got abducted in the public library, I feel like there'd be a lot of people going, well, no, I was there and and what we saw was this. Um, Whereas we're in those isolated spaces also, and this is a theory that's only just occurred to me, these long stretches of road and it's often at night, often at odd hours where you're driving and the scenery doesn't change and you're tired, mm-hmm. it could be very easy for you to zone out in the and, middle of the road. And imagine you're and being not, probed not by necessarily, aliens. Okay, well, that's <laughs> – we'll get to the – maybe not that extreme. Quite but <laughs> the daydreamer here. <laughs> but – that's something monotonous, something that you can get like hypnotized into scenery like that. You're driving, you're not thinking, but you're still kind of busy enough that you're not going to fall right asleep. That's that weird kind of liminal space, um, which actually brings us to our next perhaps mm-hmm. uh, prediction of an abduction is sleep paralysis, which mm. I hadn't heard of until I started to do research. But apparently a lot of people experience these abductions um after they have experienced a bout of sleep paralysis, which is when you're sleeping, your kind of body locks up and you're consciously awake, um, you're kind of in that in-between space and people will often see creatures and people in their room and standing on them and it can be quite scary and a lot of people report that this is kind of the prelude to an abduction, which to me is also pretty damning evidence that what people are experiencing experiencing is not an abduction mm. because it, you've, you've already sort of admitted that you're in this sort of heightened conscious state and you're freaked and the sleep paralysis is very often accompanied by intense fear or anxiety or the feeling of someone being in your room that isn't there because you're kind of half asleep. So that imagining you've been abducted kind of just feels like the nat- next natural step, which is not to say that people are making it up. But to say that if you're in that weird mid-consciousness, it could be very, very easily to not be able to separate the imagination mm. from reality. If you were someone who was about to get abducted, how much would that suck if aliens were actually doing that to you and making you feel anxious, giving you sleep paralysis? Well, yeah, I, I would not Those be poor people. thankful. Y- yeah, which um, <laughs> it sucks. And if aliens are doing that to people, cut it out. <laughs> Like, I don't think there's this any is your warning. need to be a dick about it. Like, I feel like there would be so many people who would be willing to sort of go and be abducted um, without all the hoo-ha and the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the final sort of pre-abduction stage that I want to get to has a really cool name. And I, I have mentioned mm-hmm. this before, but anything with a cool name I really respect. Mm-hmm. And this is called the Oz Factor. I'm mm-hmm. assuming from Wizard of Oz. Um, And it's a feeling of being displaced or of your reality shifting or changing, Um, not necessarily noticeable, but in a way that is unsettling. Um, Maybe you're feeling isolated and you feel like you've been transported from the real world into another world. And a lot of people describe this as the moment that the aliens have altered your reality and you're no longer on Earth, but you're in a ship or a planet or wherever it is that they're taking you. 
this kind of the Oz factor in which the world doesn't feel wholly real. Wow. Which is interesting because, I mean, everyone's sort of at, at some point or most people experience some kind of sort of, you know, depersonalization experience mm-hmm. where you feel out of body, you feel a bit strange. And if these sort of people are also experiencing sleep paralysis, another feeling is dread or anxiety, these are all symptoms that, that can be really scary and isolating. Mm. And so I, I feel like there's a very obvious correlation between people who are experiencing these things and looking for an answer, and that answer could be aliens. Even if it's whether it's true or not, um, there could be comfort in, in finding a answer like that. I guess, yeah, unless they were actually really abducted by aliens. <laughs> unless they were really abducted by aliens, which... Like, which... imagine being abducted and no one believes you. Yeah. What would you would do with that? absolutely suck. Because a lot of these stories, they've written testimonies and... Pe- yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. But sometimes they aren't released or the evidence just gets, like, destroyed. It's very strange. Look, there's definitely something strange happening. All these cases of aliens and abductions i don't believe that they're all i don't believe see i just don't i I don't believe that they're true i don't i do believe people are experiencing weird things and i wouldn't put it past uh, there being some shady like okay (laughs) this is where i get conspiratorial (laughs) we're looking at alien abductions starting predominantly in the 60s Mm. right when there were all these especially in america science and kind of the Cold War fear going around was channeling a whole bunch of money into these top secret kind of psychedelic experimentation and and ideas of what can we do with drugs, what can we do with chemicals, what can we sort of achieve with human consciousness. Um, So it doesn't sound entirely realistic, but I don't think it's beyond the realm of realism that potentially – Organizations were experimenting on people. I feel like it's it's more plausible than alien life. In flying saucers in the sky? Well, yeah, I don't know, but they, they, maybe. <laughs> that have big unfolding ramps? <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't, yeah, this is what we talk about. I have seen something. I'm not, it was a UFO in the fact that it was unidentified. I don't know if it was an alien, but it was when I was about, oh gosh, it would have been a youthful teen, probably 13, 14. And after dinner on our back balcony in the sky at nighttime, there was like a hot ball of red light moving very slowly, horizontally across the sky. It looked Mm. like something that could have been a meteor, Mm. kind of flamey and, and sparkly, but it wasn't sort of flying at the speed or direction that you would expect space Mm. debris to fall at and it was very very strange Mm. it looked like the movements of a plane but it was kind of flamey and gassy wow very very strange i didn't sort of ever find what it potentially could be it was many many years ago if i'd been now i probably would have googled it and found other people who'd seen it um but for all intents and purposes that was a ufo Wow. Right? Or it was a UFO on fire? Yeah. It was just kind of Flaming ball of aliens. Or comforting, depending on how you view the aliens. (laughs) If you, like, want to meet them. If you you want. Well, this is the thing. I, when looking up aliens, I found the CUFOS, which is the Center for 
UFO science or, or research, and they had a sort of checklist of what it has to be to qualify as an abduction, which I thought was kind of a bizarre thing to do. A checklist. It was like a checklist. It was like it has to meet these criteria for it to be. Very, right? Like, okay. Like if I get abducted and it's not on this checklist, you're going to be like the center of UFO studies is going to be like, actually, no, you're too like crazy for us. (laughs) Are you you kidding? (laughs) But the very first checklist was a person must be taken against their will. So if an alien comes and knocks on my door and says, hey, this is my flying saucer, would you like to come up and give us some information and in exchange you can kind of look at our ship and whatnot, I would do that and that's not an abduction? Like technically it's not, I'm not abducted because I was like a guest. <laughs> yes. But certainly they'd be interested in that. I would classify that as an alien abduction. That's ju- Where are the lines there? Where and are I, the lines? I think that brings us to a story from 1967. Ooh. This is known as the Falcon Lake incident. This was in Canada. And this guy named, I'm going to attempt to say this correctly, okay. Stefan Michalik. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked near Falcon Lake. Mm-hmm. This was in Canada. And kind of same thing, he saw a bright light. But this time he was like, what's that? Naturally. And kind of went towards it and then it flew away and he was like, oh, I'm just going to keep going and seeing what this is. Because yeah. I think he thought it was people who worked with him. A very human some, response. I would do yeah. the same, Stefan. He walked all the way up to this saucer and saw that it was like this seamless metal thing and the doors were open and he heard voices inside, but he didn't see anyone. Okay. And he like put his hand in the door and the, <laughs> the doors shut pretty much on his gloves <laughs> and they melted the tip <laughs> of his gloves off. But after that, he had these like horrible marks on him. He stunk of sulfur. He was very, very ill, um, like almost died, I Jeez. think. And no one could explain why. Like doctors didn't understand. Um, they thought he was going crazy. Like, And what's interesting is that the two stories that I mentioned, mm. the aliens are described very similarly where they have big eyes, greys. grey. The greys. That's yeah. a specific classification of alien, the greys. Quite small in height. Um. Long fingers. Yeah. You can just Google a picture of the greys. They'll pop up. So one thing that Stefan did, which is kind of odd before approaching the UFO, was Mm -hmm. that he sketched it. So I'm just wondering if maybe if you sketch the UFO, they really don't like that. Is he he might be eccentric. He's not alive anymore. He did die in 1999. That's very unfortunate because he sounds, this is a man who kind of, I, I get it. He's taken all the correct steps. He sketched it, which I assume he didn't have a camera on him. That's yep. the next best thing. And yep. then he approached. He knocked on the door. Yep. Um, this is someone who who has rational responses to aliens. The weirdest thing out of this was that all his medical records of him being at the hospitals disappeared. What? They said they didn't have this person on file. Are you sure he's real? He is definitely real. It is oh. a real case. Oh, that's so cool. It's very... See, now I just go government. I go that evil Canadian military is up to something. I, f- I feel like aliens are just really selective okay. with who they want to abduct. This is, this is one of the biggest like, don't problems like curiosity. I have with aliens mm-hmm. is 
all these aliens are theoretically zapping down to Earth, abducting people in really very traumatic ways, you know, taking them off the highway, you're in their beds, sleep paralysis, anxiety, like the works, it sucks. I don't think anyone who's been abducted by aliens would be like, yeah, it was pretty neat experience. Mm. Uh, If you got a crowd of people and asked for a show of hands as to who would love to get abducted by aliens and, like, willingly go along with some experiments and answer some questions, you would get so many volunteers. So why are the aliens taking people against their will who are going to be miserable about it and not these people who would so sign up and be way more, I assume, compliant and interested and I feel like it would be a less hassle for everybody involved, human and alien. That's true. I mean, maybe they don't understand that that's how our society works. You can volunteer for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that paints a sad picture of alien society. <laughs> well, if an alien, okay, if, if that was an option, if the aliens popped down and said, hey, we want someone to come with us for just like two days on our ship, we'll do some experiments on you, uh, would you Would you go? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, hell you no. No? Like, I'm a believer. I I don't think I could handle that. Why? But you don't know what it's going to be. I, I'm going to say they're not specific in their sort of recruitment. That gives me mate, more anxiety. See, I'm going to get abducted. I'm getting <laughs> But getting it's, nervous. it's with your will. So according to the CUFOS, it's not abduction. <laughs> <laughs> You're just making friends. Yeah, international intergalactic friends. <laughs> Science experiment. I want to go. I Yeah, take me. I, Look, I just, I don't know them. I don't trust them. What are they going to do? I mean, because this guy. they're being very forthright. They're being I very honest. So. It's a good symbol, like but sign. All of these stories, it's months, years down the track that they have burn marks on them and they are really sick and, like, they suffer these consequences for pretty much the rest of their lives. And not to mention the mental toll that comes with that if you think this thing has happened to you and no one believes you. See, but that would take out the mental toll because you would have signed a, a waiver. signed a waiver. <laughs> An alien waiver, you know. I would do it. I, I, I mean, it's the same thing. We talked about this the other week about um, being possessed by a ghost. Like, yes, potentially it could go really badly. But to me, the... <laughs> the risk the reward, to me the reward of yeah i'm hanging out with aliens yeah i'm in a ghost or ghosts to me like it's all real and i know and i have proof and i'm like that's so exciting to me i feel like that's worth whatever negative consequences it comes with i'm down wow. i'm so down and i'm putting that out into the sphere for any ghosts or aliens listening hello <laughs> i'm here I'm at your here service at your service i am not <laughs> Please leave me out of this. <laughs> Man. But, but, okay, let's just say they, they did abduct you. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into the, the what okay, could the potentially worst case happen. Scenario. Worst case scenario, they abduct right, you. Yep. Um, now, this is where the, I guess the record varies a lot. Mm-hmm. Everyone has very different experiences with it. Um, how that might look is for some people you're in a road driving and then you just you just vanish that time. For the people who remember it, it's you get sucked up into a light, you know, think classic cow getting sucked up into the spaceship. Uh, you walk through some walls sometimes mm-hmm. into a light. These obviously aliens mm-hmm. are making portals. And then you've got the examinations and, you know, it's always physical stuff, sticking, you know, things in your belly button and Ugh. examining your brain. Um, and then for also a large portion of it, there's like a sexual element where they're like procreating with the aliens. <laughs> and... <laughs> Pretty sure this is a storyline in The Sims, but <laughs> it's it's very common. Um, which I mean, look, I guess if if from an objective perspective, if this is an entirely different 
people, you know, you'd want to get a full picture of the human race and sex is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's sort of always – it crops up a lot. It crops up. <laughs> get it? <laughs> 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 ah, just give us a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and that's kind of the medical, this is where it gets weird. What the actual examinations or abductions is, people say they get interviewed. People say they get sort of given, you know, tasks to do. People say they, they're asked to tour the spaceship. It's a ho- That really wow. varies. It's very, very different. Has there been any stories of someone who says they were impregnated by an alien? Almost certainly. I didn't see any, mm, but I can guarantee you a quick Google would How resolve would you- that. Without a doubt, people have said that. I think we need to investigate this next about alien, potential alien oh, children. I don't know. Oh, just, a DNA I, test would debunk that, I feel like that, that's surely. so easily provable. But there are certainly – okay, this is interesting. This is one of the things that popped up a few times and some of the um, alien experts <laughs> um, <laughs> discredit this and some of them think that it's legit. I don't, I don't know how you do, like discredit something in alien abductions discussions, but they say that it's – Fairly common for the aliens to show you a human alien child and just see how you'll react to it, a which is human, so yeah, like a human alien a, child. What? It's like a like a hybrid of a human alien or someone that's been reproduced, oh. and they'll just like stick the two of you in a room and see how the you react, whether you're like affectionate or afraid or whatever it is. Wow, I feel like they're having a lot of fun with this stuff. This is why I think aliens. Okay. Okay, this is another one of my big issues with with the idea of abductions. I really on obviously we've got just that much space out there. There's got to be aliens. Mm. It seems logical. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that they're visiting us. That seems like a stretch. I really find it hard to believe they're abducting people. But and but also because if they are abducting people, I don't know if that's the kind of aliens I want. <laughs> that makes me sad. Like if they are aliens and they do make contact with us, like that's so exciting. We could learn so much. They could learn so much. It, it teaches us so much about the universe. But if they're these shady creatures that have been abducting us for like 70, 80 years and running experiments and have never – like that's really sinister and kind of fuck you. Also, who's to say that they're the same species of alien? I feel like there would, if we were being infiltrated by aliens and not know it, kind of throughout history, they would there would be different types of aliens. Statistically speaking, if the universe is massive and they're all coming to have a look at the human race, does that mean that they're all kind of like just taking it in turns? Like, hey, you guys, you go down and abduct some poor farmer and run some <laughs> tests on him, and then I'll go next weekend. Like. That seems like bullying. <laughs> Maybe they're just like that. I think with that, I don't want to live. I don't want those kind of aliens to be the ones that are out there in the universe. That seems mean. I think they should talk to us. <laughs> we're not like we're pretty bad, but we there are some good parts about humanity. Mm, I, I think. Just, um, I think next episode you just go out on a long winding road, find an <laughs> alien to go and tell them your spiel. Don't be my logs. Don't like, be driving. mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. I just feel like if if these abduction stories really are aliens, that makes me really sad. Not only mm. for the people who have been abducted, but for just humanity in general. Like this is what we get. Mm-hmm. Just some intergalactic bullies. <laughs> no thanks. But what what else happens? when someone gets abducted by an alien in a spaceship? Well, um, that this is the thing. 
Because it all comes down to this third element, Mm -hmm. which is the return. And the reason that I guess this third, this middle space, the actual examination is so shady is because for the majority of cases, the return includes either total or partial memory loss. Yeah. These people don't remember what's happened to them. Um, And they're often returned in the exact same place they were. Um, but time is missing, which is one of, I think, the most interesting parts of alien abduction stories is this missing time. Mm. could be minutes, it could be hours later yeah. where you're just back where you were or you're even at the, where your destination was and you just have no recollection of what's yeah. happened in that last past time. Like you said, there might be strange wounds or marks on your body mm. and you could even sort of have those those pre-abduction symptoms again if potentially they're coming back to sort of visit you. Yeah. But the post-abduction, because of the memory loss, this is where it gets even shadier for me in terms of just credibility of alien abduction stories, is that so many of these accounts we have are recounted through hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And as much as I believe these people believe what they're saying and as much as I believe something happened to them, whether it's, it's a something emotional like an emotional sort of breakdown or if it's they were abducted by something and this is sort of their brain's way of processing what happened hypnosis is never going to be a credible for me is never ever going to be a credible source of information never that's just i'm never going to be able to trust someone who's been hypnotized to give information Mm -hmm. because it's it's like sleep talking (laughs) at best it's like sleep talking yeah you know, and that's gibberish. Like, how do you know that they're real? Yeah, moments? they could have been. They could have been picking up on something they watched on TV the night before. They could be picking up on the questions the hypnotist is asking them. It's not. It's like interviewing someone who is, you know, sleepwalking. You're not going to get anything credible from them. How freaky would it be if you decided to go get hypnotized and came out? with this story that you had been abducted and you didn't even know and you're like, do I believe this? And like, this is what where do I do? It, this also comes to a moral thing. One, I think we should we should go get hypnotised in one of these episodes. <laughs> Not to see if we've been abducted, just in general. Um, but that's the thing as well. Like if you, if you have had this experience where you've lost time or you're feeling sick and all these, you know, feelings of anxiety, you go to a hypnotist and you come out of that experience and the hypnotist says, look, you said all these things about an alien abduction in this, like, a lot of detail. I think that that is a moral failing on the behalf of the hypnotist or anyone who was involved in that situation because either you're not going to believe them and then it's just been a waste of time and money or you are going to believe them and that's only going to cause more distress and more uncertainty for something that might not be true, something that might be pulling you away from mm-hmm. knowing what actually happened mm. or, or causing you to sort of outcast yourself mm. and become paranoid. And I feel like hypnosis this, as a therapeutic device is like, I just I have a lot of moral mm-hmm. issues with it. I feel like I don't know enough about it, but it's interesting you say that because this is kind of what happened with the Kelly Carhill story, which is kind of, which is a Australian story of alien abduction, quite famous. It's Mm -hmm. kind of generally known as either the holy grail of UFO stories or an epic hoax, depending on which way you look at it. But this was another abduction that happened, all the same symptoms and a lot of memory loss that was recounted through hypnosis. 
And then they went on to tell their story, write it into a book, kind of there was a lot of back and forth and then they started redacting all their statements and taking them back and confusing them. And this 300-page novel still hasn't been released to this day for whatever reason. Yeah, and that could be because the the, the – people involved decided that they didn't want it published or the, the publishers decided they didn't want it published or I just I just feel like as soon, if someone has had an alien experience and without any hypnosis or outer influence they said this is what happened to me um this is exactly what I saw that I'm way more interested in listening to that as soon as somebody says I blacked out I missed a bunch of time I went to a hypnotist and they told me I'd been abducted by aliens mm. I just feel like that loses so much credibility mm. And I think it's unfair on the person who is looking for answers. Yeah. I think with a lot of these cases, they've already had an inkling that they've been abducted and a few of them they've had visitations, from, which kind of goes into that sleep paralysis. Exactly. Um, but it's almost like hypnosis is a last resort for them because they don't know where else to go. Like... That's just a bit terrifying on a lot of angles. I think that's very it's scary. It's very scary if all, if all you're relying on is your own sort of subconscious, which we know subconsciouses are faulty. Like you don't even need to talk about hypnosis to talk about that. You look about false memories. It's really common and really well studied and reviewed subject where you can remember something that didn't happen to you crystal mm. clearly. Like mm-hmm. I, I've got one from my childhood. I remember a situation I was not there for. <laughs> But because that story's been told so much through my family, I can see myself sitting in the garden watching it happen and I, I wasn't there for it. That's crazy. Yeah. Like human memory is faulty. It, it, it is at the best of times when you start to introduce things like hypnosis, I think it gets very, very, very problematic. But I guess then the question is these people who are giving these testimonies without the aids of hypnosis – and look, I don't want to talk about just spotting UFOs because I think that's a whole other topic. I think that's got a whole lot of other sort of consequences and potential answers. But we're talking about abductions. I think it's undeniable that a lot of these stories are closely linked in terms of symptoms, experiences. One of them in particular, which I thought was a bit creepy, was that I think two two of these stories, at least, I'm sure there's more, was that they heard the aliens' voices, though they weren't, like, speaking out loud. It's like they heard their thoughts, Ooh. which was very weird, like um, with Betty and Barney. Yeah, telepathy. Such good names. It was like, I like I they know, should be in a so cartoon, good. yeah. Like, they heard them speak to them through the top of their car, and they were like, who is that? Yeah. Like, that, yeah, it's very, I don't know, if there are aliens that are abducting people, they have they have powers that we don't understand i think also it comes it, it just it would uh, why are they still it's it's been hypothetically if we're going off public media which it's probably not accurate these abductions have been going on for 70 years mm. are, are they still gonna keep just keep doing them forever have they not learned all they need to know like has technology alien technology not advanced enough that they've got sort of new Systems. I feel like they wouldn't be resorting to needles and cranial exams anymore. I mean, human mm. technology has advanced so much in that time. Mm. Certainly alien technology would have advanced. 
Maybe they've made it all the way out here and gone, oh, I guess we better like stay here for like a hundred years to make it worth our while before we go a million light years yeah, back to our planet. cost of space petrol is ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> I really, look, the idea of alien abductions is really exciting and fun and I think that that's why it's so prevalent in media because it is such an compelling story. When uh, I just, I don't know, I don't, I just can't quite, it's the, they're all so similar. Mm -hmm. They're all too by the book. They're all too sort of fantasy. But wouldn't it be less believable if all the stories were different? Each one was just like more insane than the other. Yeah, man, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I probably wouldn't be able to believe it. Either way. And if we're coming down to different species of aliens, then they would leave different marks on the bodies. I feel like this is some kind of weird alien race this on this planet. I feel like, why are they all been ganging up on us? Like, hmm. all of these alien races are having a big let's go prod the human party and not inviting us. <laughs> <laughs> not at least asking for volunteers. You would get so many volunteers. You wouldn't need to go into like an Iowa cornfield and abduct some poor person like who doesn't want to be abducted. You could get so many volunteers. There's a lot of freaky people out in the world and they'd be down. Is that your verdict on this one? That's my, okay, yeah. There this is go. my verdict for this episode. I don't, I don't think people are getting abducted by aliens. I don't, but I think the aliens really need a better sort of PR system. Mm -hmm. I think they need to get their message out there. They need volunteers, representatives, and they think they'd be a lot more successful at whatever it is they're trying to do. I think also something we've landed on is that aliens really do seem like dicks. Dicks. Just dicks. If they're really going around ducking people, then fuck you. <laughs> fuck, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. You can't kidnap people. You can't do it and experiment on them and then not tell them what happened. Yeah, it is a bit of a cop out. At the very least, let them keep their memories. Like wiping their minds like that. It's cheap. It's cheap and it's tacky. <laughs> I love how opinionated you are on I'm this. I'm angry now at the aliens. I wasn't before and now I'm mad at them. Yeah. I think I think my verdict is if you if you feel like you've been abducted by aliens, yeah. I would kind of look at every other possibility first. First. Yeah. Definitely I think a doctor is your very first step. Yeah. Many, maybe many doctors. Yeah. And then if you really feel like you've been abducted by aliens, write yeah. a book and release it, please. <gasps> release the book. What is it? We do so many episodes about people holding on onto information that they should be publicly releasing, like old uh, Glenn in the box. Yeah. Like you need to release this information. Yeah. All information should be public. <laughs> Because people want to know and it will help other people know if they've been abducted. Exactly. Like if you – if the more information there is out there, the more we'll be able to prove these things, whether they're real, whether they're not real. Mm -hmm. The more information we have, just the yeah. the more odds you'll have of figuring it out. And that's got to be good mm -hmm. for everybody, not the aliens, mind you. Yeah, I know. But it might help 
humans be able to avoid getting abducted maybe just don't drive on country roads at night yeah try not to be sort of in america that's kind of a good rule for life we sound like such city people we're like um don't drive on a country road i don't even drive (laughs) i'm pretty you're good okay don't drive um if you start to feel sleepy pull over and sleep in your car this Lock is good. Doors. This is road safety now. Lock you the doors. They can't like get you out of the car. If you're sleeping. Yep. Don't I, walk I think up they can get you out of their car. Oh, they probably Aliens. can. If they've got powers to wipe your memory and like put marks on you. <laughs> <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> and I guess our our final word is if there are any aliens listening. I know I got a little bit aggressive at the end, and I apologize. Um. I don't actually. Abduct me and then we'll have just a good old chat about it. <laughs> I'm down. I'll have a civil conversation with you about what you're doing wrong. You can tell us what we're doing wrong. And I think mm-hmm. it'd be good for both of us. I think that's a good idea. Please leave me out of that. I'm yes, happy. She I'm does good. not want to be abducted. But I do. Don't worry about me. Oh, no. That means drop that me I'm going to. Gonna... No, drop me off. I don't want to stay, though. I just a couple days. But according to this checklist, that means that I will be abducted and you won't because you want to go and I oh, don't. fuck. <laughs> we need to swap. These <laughs> bastards. Okay, yes. I don't want to be abducted. <laughs> uh, for all of you listening, Erica is doing a terrible wink right now. <laughs> That's <so> terrible. <laughs> A great wink. Thank Solid. You. 100%. Thank 10 you. out of 10. Um, yeah, I think that sums okay. it up. Aliens. Mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about. We'll be back. We'll definitely be back. We will be back. Talking about these little bastards. I think that about sums it up. This has been the Hoke Poke Pod. I'm Emily. And I'm Erica. We'll see you next time. you've reached the end of the episode thank you so much for listening if you like what you've heard it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review or better yet show us to some of your friends get the word out there about this spooky little podcast if you want to know more about us or this episode you can visit our website thehookpokepod.com.au we post updates links episodes and any references we've mentioned you'll be able to find them right there and we'd like to say a huge thank you to Giamo Timble for the amazing graphics and art he's made for the podcast, as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly, a marvellous and ever-patient editor. We love you, Rob. And finally, if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com. Please email us. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback, episode suggestions, whatever takes your fancy, we'll be there. Thank you so much for the support, and we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.